0: It has been done. Okay. How how okay. And that's it. No, just kidding. How are you, Betsy?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. So you were you we were just talking a little bit. You were talking about uh the excitement of going to the post office.
1: Oh my god, I know. Yeah, what yeah, have so, thought. I used yeah, to right? really think <laughs> I was annoying, and now I'm like, oh I'm so like I planned my whole day around it.
0: I know I used to dread like, okay, first I'm going to the post office I'm gonna
1: like, you know, get my workout done, walk the dogs and then post office. Like I put on actual pants.
0: <laughs> You've got it like highlighted on the calendar. Post oh office. yeah. Yeah. No, I
1: really, I really do have it in my calendar.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You have
1: something on there.
0: It's good that you're able to get out and, and walk the dogs. Uh, do you work out from home? Yes, I do. Yeah. I if do
1: it's too. not like a really long dog walk. Um, and I have two very old dogs, so the max three miles, um, if That's it's good. not long, then I'll just do whatever at home. I yeah. was a personal trainer for 10 years, so I'm fully oh. capable of training myself. I think I, I,
0: I think I knew that. I <laughs> yeah. Think. It
1: was really easy money for a long time. And uh, you know, I, oh I work God. in an expensive artwork, art,
0: uh, form. So, right. Well, it's. Yeah. I wonder. I bet that's been killing uh, the people who are personal trainers right now. I know I used to wait tables and I just, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for waiters and people in the restaurant industry because yeah. it's already hard enough. And then this hits and it's just a nightmare.
1: And but, then we're all going to have PTSD about, you know, germs everywhere where we didn't really think about it that much before.
0: Oh, I know. Oof. Yeah. And the people, I mean, the people who already do it, well, they I kind of feel like they're like, C we knew what we were talking about yeah. this whole yeah. time.
1: Well, yeah. I was always that person who brought the like Clorox wipes for the airplane. Always. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, that's smart. Even that doesn't seem like enough.
0: <laughs> I know. I know you need to be like the Seinfeld bubble boy and just be, but mm-hmm. just be rolled in there. My wife is also kind of, uh, she's not a germaphobe, but she's just very cautious. So yeah. I, I always, I always kid her about being a little bit of a hoarder and I just <laughs> feel like this is the time for hoarders to be like, yes, we were onto this way before anybody else. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, that's my alarm. So I don't forget to, uh, Oh,
1: perfect. Do this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, I guess, I guess you didn't forget. I guess
1: I can turn it off now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should set another one just halfway through. I know. Uh, Yeah. So I was thinking like
1: one for the post office, actually, that sounds like fun.
0: There you go. So are you, are you just doing normal stuff? Are you shipping some work? What's, what's going on?
1: I'm shipping work. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I work with a bunch of different galleries all over the world. And, um, at this time, a lot of them have my inventory in their system, but it's still in my studio. I just have it set aside for them. So when something sells, you know, in London, I'm like, okay, I'll pack it up from here and ship it from here. That sort of thing. So
0: right. that's so exciting. You, well, that's, no, that's great. Congratulations. Um, I've actually been lucky too. I've been, uh, I've kind of been selling about the same amount. I think the, the price point has dropped a little bit, <laughs> but other than that, I, I've been very fortunate to, to be selling and making trips to the post office myself. Mm-hmm. So congratulations! Well, if
1: you think about it, you're at home a lot. Um, oh yeah, and you want to surround yourself with beautiful things. I know yeah. I have purchased artwork since we went into quarantine. Oh, nice! I actually purchased a really big piece right before, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, I threw away all that money." <laughs> I <laughs> right. spent all that money before because now I really couldn't have afforded it. But I well, bought this amazing. Um, it's a concrete sculpture of a teddy bear with an ax in its head by Ross Bonfanti. And um, I saw them at the LA art show and I was just like obsessed. I I thought they were the most ridiculous things and I needed to have one. So,
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome that you're supporting other artists too. Um, Oh yeah.
1: Well, I don't put my own art in my house. I only put other people's art. Oh really? Yeah. I feel like an asshole. I have to, I, if I get attached to anything of mine, it's, it just turns, it turns the business part off. I mean, I hate to say that, but they are my babies, but you have to let go. You just have to.
0: No, that's true. I think at the beginning, it's very difficult because they are, they're like your children, but now I have literally like
1: price them and you know, and you got to get all over all of that. So
0: definitely. Well, that's, it just becomes practical at some point. Like I have Mm. 900 paintings and if I, (laughs) if I wanted to hold on to all of them, I would basically be out on the street right now. But but I do hang my art in my, in my place. So I'm not, I'm not quite as cool as you. <laughs> I can shoot for that in the future. Well, I was thinking about this. Um, how did we meet originally? Was it through? I know exactly. How I yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. you. I were...
1: remember that day so clearly. I remember the artwork you brought in. Oh, I nice! Remember, yeah, you were—you made an impact.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. I like to hear. You that. had a little
1: bit of everything. You had your surrealistic work. You had your abstracts. We were—you yes. know—it was great. A little bit of everything. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's cool to hear. I mean, like I've—I've I've known you now for so many years, and uh,
0: yeah, it's been a long time. Know, I think we've both grown since then. Well, I think that's interesting because I'm very interested, in, and I seem to be interviewing a lot of people who have kind of made a transition in their mm-hmm. art like I know you used to just paint too yeah uh, you were kind of an abstract painter and now yeah. you've made this beautiful transition into um I don't want to call you a resin artist but sculpture uh you're, you're you would you call yourself a resin artist yeah I would <laughs> oh, okay okay cool yeah well they I mean, don't
1: really know any other mediums
0: <laughs> right well it you, always know, ends up being you know some painting of
1: resin. I don't I don't use any paint
0: no not anymore but I'm saying you you, you used to know that Right.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, at some point I actually threw my paints away because people who had collected my paintings in the past would be like, oh, can you paint me this, that? And I, I'm one of those people that just says yes to everything. Yeah. So um, I had to say no for a reason. So I was like, oh, nope, sorry, don't have any materials.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> Here, Let me
1: refer you to another artist. And that's the great thing is I'll find somebody who painted something similar and I'll be like, you know, give them the business. Why not?
0: Oh, that's great. No, that's a good yeah. lesson too. Um, I had somebody buy a painting recently and he was like, can you, do, uh, can you do a landscape like this artist? And they showed me another artist from the same platform that I sold from. And I was thinking, oh. why don't you just buy from that artist? You know? And I said, well, yeah, I can do it. But then I started thinking about it. And I said, "You know, do I really want to do this? Um, no, right. it's not what I'm passionate about anymore. So I basically just said, well, maybe you should reach out to this artist. Was uh, it just about price? I mean... I don't know. It might've been. I don't I understand. Yeah, The I mean, artist I think was a little selling a little cheaper than I was. So it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Huh. Maybe they just felt comfortable. You they know, just
1: wanted you know. your DNA in it. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But, um, you know, I just wanted to read a little snippet from your website. So, okay. um, I wrote this down. I might've got it wrong, but it's, Betsy oh. is known for her realistic, larger than life sculptures of dripping frozen treats. And then I put resin artist in question mark. <laughs> but, uh, I love, I love that about your work. I love how it's so nostalgic. I love, I love the uh, edible quality of it. I've always been you know interested in texture. And obviously, yeah. you much more than texture. It's an actual larger-than-life sculpture. But it, it, you just see your stuff, and it kind of makes you start drooling. I, I love that about your work.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, that's kind of – I mean, it's one of those things that it appeals to everybody. You know, sugar, sweets, nostalgia – Right, um, I tend to like art like that too, you know, um I collect from uh Nina Jun, who does these they ceramic mylar balloons, and it's just that oh, yeah. you know that they're floating up my wall. I've three of them, and it's that feeling of like you know lightness uh you know carelessness of being a child and um and they're colorful, so they're sweet and shiny, and you know I have uh. A similar effect with my work.
0: Definitely. So what would you say, I mean, we're going to get into all your origin story and all that. I don't know if you've mm. listened to any of the podcasts before, but um, what would you say kind of made the transition for you? What was the impetus for kind of transitioning into uh, these resin sculptures from kind of more two-dimensional uh, abstract art?
1: Um, well, it was really a natural evolution. Um, okay. So I can, when I came to LA, I was painting and showing abstracts and they were all really drippy and watery, which makes a lot of sense knowing what I do now. At one point, and I remember this so clearly, I went to the LA Art Association and I saw a print by Phil Tarley, and it was Uh behind a, like a two inch plexi panel. It was mounted underneath that. And I was like, Ooh, that's beautiful. I'm like, how can I get something shiny on top of my painting?" So, you know, went researching and I was like, okay, I can do like a really high gloss varnish or resin. So I started playing with resin. Right. Mm -hmm. But before I did that, I went to a resin store and asked how to do it safely because Resin is so trendy right now, and I can guarantee you that they're not all safe, even if they say they are.
0: Oh, you Uh, mean the actual resin itself? You
1: have to read the fine print. You have to read (laughs) the, uh, the health report data. And... I just always take extra precautions. So um, I learned. Oh, sorry, a lot to, sorry
0: to stop you real quick. Even yeah. if you're wearing a mask and the proper protection, it can still be hazardous.
1: You know, I guess if there's not enough ventilation, perhaps I yeah. I ventilate. I wear a mask. I try not to get it on my skin. Um, you know, or you know, you you want to cover your eyes. Like everything, you you never know. You just don't right. know. Um, right. But there are resins out there that are like, oh, they're safe and blah, blah, blah. And I I just saw a video of um, someone who follows me teaching kids resin with no mask. They're getting it on their hands. And I was just like, oh, it just broke my heart because I was like, what if? Like, I don't know. But I certainly don't want to be, you know, advising people to do these sort of things and hurting themselves, you know?
0: Right. And there's so many... YouTube tutorial videos of people who kind of like just started doing it and like this is what I do mm-hmm. and you know so you yeah. don't want to get the wrong information I think yeah. that's smart but you I mean you obviously learned properly mm-hmm. um would you say that you you had a kind of an apprenticeship
1: yeah yeah so um after i had you know thrown resin all over my paintings and then started covering basically everything with it one thing i did was i melted a canvas like i I took a canvas painting and like melted it onto the floor and started doing that. And then making little, you know, cast sculptures. And then at one point after doing some small castings, I was introduced to Eric Johnson, who is a master resin sculptor. Right. And I have been working with him for four years about, and he basically taught me everything I know. Um, You know, there's only so far you can get doing this on your own and looking at YouTube videos. Um right. which I actually never did. I just was like, oh I'll do it on my own and I'll mess it up and yeah. figure it out. But then I started working with this guy who's like, yeah, you know, you can actually go really big. You can make your stuff bigger. You can you just need to you need to learn a lot about what types of resins to use, how to make molds, what molds to use for what resins, what colors, the temperature you're working in, you know, everything. So um yeah. He's been a wealth of knowledge, and I'm eternally grateful for all of his uh, teachings.
0: Yeah, and well, two questions. Um, hmm. First of all, that's got to get expensive when you're working on that grand kind of a scale. Because I put resin on on my work. I know I've picked your brain a little bit in the past. Done mm-hmm. some resin, you know, coating on my art, and just getting a little bit is is pretty pricey. So how how oh, yeah. costly is that to work that large?
1: Depends on what resin you're using. There are, you know, if you go to Blick or something, it's probably the most expensive you're going to get because you're getting like small amounts. You get it in bulk, that same stuff in bulk, like 10 gallons. Mm -hmm. And it'll end up being a lot cheaper. But if you're not expecting to use all 10 gallons, then why would you do that? Right. Um, But even, you you know, like to do something like that six foot piece that I did, that is an entirely different type of resin. It's something that's a lot lighter weight it's a lot less expensive um and it's not hollow it's not a solid it's hollow so um
0: oh yeah you know
1: thank goodness i'd never right? do that, with that.
0: <laughs> oh my god i've lifted
1: that thing myself too and i'm like it's still too heavy <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that's crazy yeah i know nothing other than what i have basically gotten from you on on resin uh, i'm fascinated by it now oh, are, yeah. there, are these larger the ones you said it's like a different kind of resin does the Uh quality suffer when you're buying, um, that kind of resin or is it still pretty, pretty substantial?
1: Depends on what you want to do. So the least expensive resin, I think the least expensive that I've been able to find is polyester and polyester ends up being very, very hard and brittle. So it's, it's, um, easily breakable but okay. being that hard makes it really easy to sand and polish. You can, you can polish it really shiny on a, um, like a, an automotive polisher. Um, but then yeah. something like an epoxy, not all epoxies, but many of like an art resin is way too soft to polish. You just can't do it. It's oh, okay. it'll melt. If you, if you put it on a, you know, a professional polisher It'll like literally melt, it'll warm it up too much and you can't polish it. So, is, I mean, it's isn't just that a fire
0: the, hazard kind of too, or at that point when it's dry, it, it,
1: it I think it's okay when it's dry. Good question.
0: Yeah. Um, I Um, I mean, a, a, yeah,
1: a lot of them get really hot while they're, you know, when they're, they're, uh, chemically reacting, right. Art resin does not, but polyester, it gets really hot. And if you put too much catalyst, it will actually smoke and start to burn. Oh, wow. Oh. So, I mean, they're just, they're crazy chemicals. It's it's really fascinating to learn about them. Um, yeah.
0: I did you know. this piece for uh, Sick Luggage. It's this it's this company. It's like, they're basically a startup company and they're trying to do these. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like luggage, but it's a boom box kind of buried within the luggage. It's really cool. And they have these faces Ooh. that you can take off. And I did a couple of designs for them. And uh-huh. one of them was resin coated. And He mm-hmm. was he called me like <laughs> two months down the road and he's like, so uh, if I cut this with my laser cutter, am I going to burn my house down? And I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I did a little research and the jury was kind of out on that, but I guess he did it and, and his, his place is still intact. That's why I was asking the. So the, he
1: cut something that was resin coated?
0: Yeah. So I did a, I did like a fluid painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't like a dirty pour. I actually covered it at the end when it was dry oh, with, okay. with a coat of resin. And then he cut through it to make basically the surface of the boom box.
1: Mhm. Okay, yeah. No, that should be fine.
0: Okay. Where See where were you when yeah. I needed you?
1: Some of the some of, <laughs> I'm always here.
0: <laughs> I should have asked you. I
1: always tell people just DM me. I have a lot of answers and if I don't, I know where to find them.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, be careful what you wish for or be careful what you say, I guess. I get like the same question over and over again and now it's kind of funny because with the podcast I've been doing Uh, I've been doing some episodes about certain things and I'm just like, you know what, Uh, just listen to this episode and if you have any questions after that, you can reach back out to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of nice. But uh, you've been, honestly, you've been killing it. It's been great to watch you. I mean, I I knew you before. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're still the same person, obviously, but I love seeing how many places represent you? I was looking on online. It's Liz. Is it Liz legit gallery?
1: Liz legit. They represent legit. me in Iowa. Yes. And it was funny when they contacted me, they were like, so can we represent you for the whole state? And I was just like, I've never even been there. Yeah. Like sure. I don't know anything. <laughs> yes. Go for it. Like, I have no idea. They're wonderful. They are yeah. fantastic. They I, I cool. had no idea that Des Moines was such a modern city, you know? Yeah. That yeah. what happens when you get stuck in LA. <laughs>
0: Right. Exactly. Oh some of those flyover states have uh, some, some culture. I just interviewed yeah. somebody from Ohio and she was talking about the, uh, the amazing um, galleries that they had in, in mm-hmm. downtown Cleveland. And yeah. it's, it's, it's really cool to hear. Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: But so you've got Liz legit. Uh, sorry. Is it, how do you spell or uh, pronounce it?
1: I don't know. I think it's legit.
0: legit. Okay. <laughs> and then you've got um, art sugar, right?
1: Art sugar. Yes. Love then, them.
0: And didn't you get? You were um, highlighted in Forbes magazine. Is it through uh, the work you were doing with Art Sugar?
1: It was, yes.
0: That was amazing um, when I saw that.
1: Yeah, I know. Trust me, I was my my jaw dropped. I um, <laughs> one of the um, writers for Forbes had gotten a popsicle, and then she wrote about it. I mean, oh wow, dream come true.
0: <laughs> oh, so they didn't even, it wasn't something that they kind of facilitated. They actually. Oh, I didn't even
1: know about it. I was just like completely that's, shocked. That's oh, yeah. the best.
0: Yeah. It's, that's uh, it's so very just organic. I saw it when you posted on Instagram, but for people who want to check that out, I guess you can just go to Forbes online. Do they have, do you have any link anywhere where people can find that?
1: I do. Yeah. On my website, there is a news tab and anywhere I've been um, featured or um, written about or reviewed. Um, there's a link to everything. So there's a link to the Forbes there as well.
0: Okay. Nice. And then mm-hmm. moving on uh PXP contemporary.
1: Yes. In Another mind. wonderful group of girls. They are the owners of uh, create
0: magazine. Right. And how long yeah. have you been with them?
1: Mm-hmm. A year-ish, maybe a year and a half.
0: Okay, okay, cool. And then I think you were saying you also had somebody from, was it Australia?
1: Yeah, so that's Retrospect Galleries. They, um, they take me to all of the European art fairs. So um, there's not actually, I don't think there's any of my work in Australia at the time. It is uh, being stored in Amsterdam. Oh, Very cool, um, and then they they have you know they they take it from there and they go to all the art fairs
0: that 's awesome mhm. The thing I love well, one of the things I love about you is how completely different of approach uh you and I both have to the art world <laughs> <laughs> every time we talk about it i 'm like oh yeah i don 't i, I can 't do art fairs and i 'm like you thrive with art fairs you 're always traveling around the world you know, showing your work, selling like hotcakes at these art fairs. And if you know it
1: to travel, I'm in.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that part of it, but it, but like hawking <laughs> my work at an art fair, I, I just can't, I don't know. I guess I could do it. I've done stuff like that, but no. I just don't thrive in that kind of uh, context, but Not you, everyone you seem does. to do very well.
1: Well, you know, I started, let's see. Actually, I was going to say that I started, the art fairs with my gallery that I manage, but that's Mm -hmm. not the truth. I actually started as an artist and then went, so I've done both ends where I managed booths um, from the gallery perspective, but I also have gone as an artist, you know, I've done it both, both ways. Um, And I've also traveled and done both. So I don't know, I'm just used to the hustle and craziness of it. And I love it. And I love the amount of exposure you get in such a short amount of time.
0: That's true. Um, Yeah.
1: The gallery that I work for, we take artists all over the world as well. And I have seen some of them, I mean, making sales in, you know, crazy countries and gaining new collectors and just blowing up. So it's, it's really a beautiful thing to, yeah. uh, you know, if you're into it. Uh, but I can't, I don't know what's going to happen to the the art fair life now. I can't imagine big art shows
0: like that. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I, I was happy to hear that you were going to the post office and shipping some work because <laughs> knowing you, I was like, is she just shut down now? Like she can't do any of these art fairs. Um but I guess. No,
1: it's such a bummer. I was really getting into it.
0: I know. <laughs> but, well, you know
1: well, two of them were canceled. So the, okay. the one in New York City was canceled, and I had flights. Is that the other art fair? And, uh, no, that was um, the Affordable Art Fair in New York City. Oh, and right. I've done that for a couple of years, and I usually fly out because I'm from New York, so I get to go see my family and some friends that still live out there. Um, mm. And, you know, New York in the spring is amazing. So, um, yeah. yeah I- planned to go out there in March and then they canceled it just a couple weeks before so everything just got put on pause and my gallery which is retrospect they put all of that work online so it's out there i mean i don't
0: it's I don't out know. there somewhere
1: you know it's definitely not the same dynamic as an art fair but
0: yeah it i was going to talk to you about that um it's interesting to see how well not only the art world everything is kind of shifting right now but it's since we both are in the art world it it's interesting to see kind of how that's been changing i've been working a lot with shockbox as you know and Mm -hmm. i've been actually doing some you'd be proud of me i've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work with them too we've been handling some uh i came to mike with some with a juried show idea and we've been doing a bunch of those and there you uh, go yeah and i've been doing a lot of Yeah, thanks. (laughs) I've been doing uh, the jury process about on like four or five of them. And that's been really fun and interesting to see the other side as well. But what I was getting to was um, we've been doing a lot of openings uh, virtually. And you know what? It's it's interesting because so far it hasn't really, uh, like sales haven't really dropped. As a matter of fact, I think Mike did pretty well in the first uh, virtual opening
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I'm just interested to see where we go from here. Is this going to be something that we're going to carry through? Or are we going to have some sort of combination of the two? What do you, what do you think in your experience with uh, working with galleries?
1: I think, I don't even know. I think for sure everything's going to be virtual for a long time. Yeah. I think the fairs that do intend to go forth in that in that fashion aren't going to be as populated as they were. Um it's it's so hard to say. Yeah. It's really difficult. And I can't certain types of work is difficult to are difficult to buy online. How do you know? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's such a weird transition. Well
0: and then there's a lot of artists who really haven't made that transition to online anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to expose their work. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm happy that I was um fluid in online uh, yes, before this happened because right now I yeah. would be completely shut down, you know. Um, but I'm glad that you're I'm glad that you're still working. Yeah, I do think it's gonna be a combination and it's also gonna depend on how bold we are coming out of this. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are pretty nervous, even when every, when they give us the green light, you know, especially certain types of people, like for example, my parents who have some uh uh pre existing conditions this could last a year and a half for them. Who knows? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see regardless, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about your origin story. I always do this like superhero origin story for <laughs> and, um, I talked a little bit about yourself. I, I actually was under the misconception that you were born in Germany. So am I? No. I, I, okay. I
1: lived in Germany.
0: Right. Um,
1: yeah. And it's like, I feel like it's kind of my home.
0: I get partial credit for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But when I speak German, you know it's an American.
0: Yeah. For (laughs) sure. Yeah. Okay. No misconceptions. Yeah. But hey, it's cool that you can speak it, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I mean, the name is Dead Giveaway. I'm definitely German. Um, I know.
0: I was trying to come up with that. You made a joke about a nickname, and I was trying to come up with a nickname for you. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, this is hard. So I did this little hip hop thing, you know, how they say making ends. I was like, Betsy making those ends in burger. And it just didn't oh, work out. Oh, there you go. Not bad. It's just too long, you know? It's too That's long. good. That's good. Okay. Well, so your origin story, I always ask, what was like the impetus for you to actually get into the artwork, what art world, what made you feel like you could actually take on something like this and potentially have a career doing art?
1: You mean put my work out there? That's the yeah. hardest part, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So quick rewind. I'm from New York.
0: (laughs) From New York. Yes. Okay. Good.
1: (laughs) My mother was an art teacher for 35 years. Oh, Um, there you go. But that doesn't mean anything because my mom and dad both said, you know, art's not a career. So (laughs) (laughs) just drill that into your head right now. Yeah. Not a good idea. Even mom doesn't make any money. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Don't try it. Um, Love you, mom. But regardless, I studied abstract painting in college, and okay. uh, and didn't really go into the arts until I ended up moving to LA. And in LA, I don't know what happened. I Which was this
0: was like circa what?
1: What since I've been in LA? Yeah, I have been here for sixteen years.
0: Okay, yeah, pretty, pretty almost similar sixteen to me. years. Yeah, I've been. I think I've been eighteen. So yeah, pretty close.
1: Probably fifteen years ago was when I started showing paintings. And I did well. I was doing a lot of cafes and group shows and kind of like big one night pop ups, but I was selling art and um, I was definitely scared as my natural transition into sculpture started happening. I was like, I don't know what to do. So um, I was making ice cream sculptures and popsicles. I just wasn't showing them. Oh, really? Um, yeah, do you remember that show I did at Beyond the Lines where I had those little cubes,
0: yeah, well, all the bullets and stuff well, we did it was a four person show, yeah, you yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, you it was your Me mark, and uh, I can't remember her name um uh, oh my God, bridget ben? bridget
1: Bridget Bridget yeah,,
0: yeah. Right. oh yeah, her sorry. work is beautiful, yeah, her works great, um uh, but, but anyway, you were, you yeah, were that, it then too.
1: I was making it then, I just was scared to show it. I don't know, I just. I don't know. You just got to get over it at some point and then just do it.
0: So can um, I, can I pause you real quick? From my perspective, you didn't look scared at all. Like you were out there like hawking them, you know, and and you, I think you you sold a bunch. You must've sold 50 to a hundred of those things. Didn't you? The Cubes. Yeah. I mean, well, you had, you weren't just selling cubes, right?
1: I don't remember. Oh, right. I was selling the little, the little guns too. Yes. Yes,
0: yes. I, and it just Yeah, like little yeah. Little
1: well, it was fun. It was the price point. They were cheap, you know, yeah. fun little knickknacks. Yeah. That wasn't scary. What was scary was presenting a whole new series, which is the ice cream and popsicles that I hadn't shown at that time. That was the scary part. So I needed a little bit of encouragement from somebody else in order to do that. And I think the first time I showed those was at... Gallery 30 South with Eric Min Swenson. You were there too. Yeah, I saw
0: I saw that show. That was great. Yeah, I have a picture of us there.
1: Um, but that was probably the first time I ever showed those pieces because, I don't know, I just, I wasn't sure, you know? You need to get somebody to critique your work and tell you it's okay, and then you do it.
0: Right, and Matt Kennedy's great. Shout out to Matt.
1: Oh, he's great. Yeah, that that little thing you read earlier, that was from him.
0: Oh, the little blurb? Mm -hmm. oh that's cool yeah Yeah, he wrote bits
1: and pieces of that for um i think i had two shows there
0: and i know him from la luz de jesus when he was the gallery director there i did like three coaster shows and i think maybe one little group show with him and he's great yeah i actually want to want to have him on the podcast sometime so matt if you're listening that'd be great come on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) but sorry keep going I, i derailed you
1: Uh, I don't know where I was. Oh, right. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) showing for the first time, I don't know. Yeah. Then I just did it and got over it.
0: That's how you you do it. I mean, it sounds simple, right? Or It's the hardest thing in the world, but it's really just pushing through, like jumping into your fear.
1: Yeah. I think the worst part is showing your work in a place where you work, which I've also done and Uh you get the most awful reviews of people not realizing that you're the artist oh
0: and you're just like <laughs> but you know there. what
1: that really helped me because then when I would go to shows I'd be like I don't care I've heard it all like <laughs> you either hate it or you love it or whatever you know because <laughs> right. I really have
0: so you kind of developed a, a thick skin I did yeah. so yeah. you mean you were overhearing people talking about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh man that's brutal mm-hmm. that was the thing that used to get me when I first started showing my work I had to come Pretty inebriated, you know, at the beginning. I was like, I can't do this. And then I would stand in the corner and, and you know, <laughs> try not to hear what people are saying. But you're right. If you, the faster you can get over that, the better.
1: Well, it's important to know that it's art, it's n- not going to appeal to everybody.
0: It's subjective. Um, yeah.
1: And you just can't, you can't take it personally.
0: You that's love it true. or you
1: don't? I mean, I don't
0: know. Well, and also some people some people don't know what they're talking about either. You know, they're oh, trying yeah. to impress somebody they're with. <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't know anything about art. So they just start. I mean, and some people just come in and trash everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know people like that. So you're right. You can't take it personally. But that's yeah. much easier said than done.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Yeah. But uh, okay, so that's cool. So that's, uh, that's kind of the origin story. So you had some parents kind of who knew about the art world and they were even telling you to stay out.
1: <laughs> they, yeah, for sure. Oh, they definitely did. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I still don't think they understand exactly what I do. I mean, how do you explain to your friends that your daughter makes popsicles? Like, that just doesn't <laughs> sound right. So, like,
0: you know, like, Oh, like real popsicles. Oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and most of them are just like, you know they are those people that don't know art and probably right. would say something really bad and my parents certainly don't want to hear that well i don't know how to explain it i don't know how to explain but they know that i'm happy and that's all that matters
0: at this yes point. well and also it helps to have uh validation right like you've mm-hmm. got a bunch of galleries representing you you're very popular you're you know you just had an article in Forbes magazine i think you had what is this new thing um the five women from uh Liz, I can't say it. Yep. That was first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> International Women's Day. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. I'm so doing I'm... A, a live or I'm part of a live curation tomorrow with oh. uh Showfields in New York. Nice. Um, which is going to be really fun. That's through um Katarina Sopova or sorry, Popova. Oh yeah. Um from Create magazine. She's she curated I think five artists. So that's going to be... I I don't really know how it's going to go down, but I'm going to tune in for sure because it sounds like fun.
0: Is it like this? It's going to be uh, via Zoom or something?
1: I think so. Okay. Well, that'll Um, be cool. I'll send you the MailChimp so you can... Yes. Check it out.
0: No, I would love to check it out. That sounds awesome. And it's cool that people are doing that. It, It feels like there are actually a few different opportunities that weren't available to artists earlier. Like I know... PG gallery is doing some stuff like that where they're interviewing artists live. And in mm-hmm. the past, you know, people just wouldn't have even had that access unless they came to a show opening. And then many times you don't even get a chance to bump into the artist. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, for,
1: um, Instagram takeovers. I did one this weekend, which was really fun. Where'd you do that for? I did it for Brea gallery.
0: Oh, okay. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. They do the I annual they California show and yeah, I got in this year and it was canceled. Oh man, or postponed or whatever. So, um, you know, they're just selecting some artists, I think, from the show, um, you know, to do these Instagram takeovers, and it was so fun. I had all these questions and a lot of great engagement.
0: Yeah, that's fun. I did an artist takeover for an online art marketplace one time, and it was it was great. It was fun, kind of thinking outside the box, uh, mm-hmm. mixing some videos with you know, just showing the work stills and playing with Instagram a bit. um, It definitely gives people a chance to see you from a a different perspective. Yes. Which is cool. Well, so we're almost at that cutoff time. I'm going to cut off. I got a couple of questions I want to ask you um, that I think would be fun and help other people, but let's take a little break and uh, I will come back. All right. One sec. All right. Awesome. We're back. And um, my first question coming back is, I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but so you've worked with obviously Hale Arts and you are working for I always used to say fabric, but it's fabric projects, right?
1: Uh-huh. Fabric art yeah.
0: projects, yeah. Are you still um working with them too? Yes. Oh, awesome. You are like people tell me all the time, oh, the busiest, the busiest man in the art world. I'm like, no, Betsy's got, <laughs> got me the busiest person in the art world for sure. Oh boy. I know. So I know you, I
1: well, I'm a, i am always say yes. Somebody yeah. asked me something. I'm like, sure, yes, I can take on a twelfth job. Why not?
0: Yeah, why not? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it seems like um, first of all, I know you're not doing it just for that. You you know, you're getting information, you're helping other artists out, which is great. Mm-hmm. But um, it feels like it also has paid off um, as far as giving you kind of some information that you might not have gotten otherwise. How how do you feel like this has like shaped your art career or your decision making process uh, in the art world?
1: Well, I first started working in galleries in um, 2007. And the whole reason I did it was to figure out how the art world worked so I could get in as an artist.
0: Yeah, right.
1: I mean, shamelessly went in, you know, I did a good job as far as the admin and things like that. And turns out I'm an anomaly in the art world where I'm good at doing the administrative business end as well as the artistic end. So... Right. I just keep doing it and I love being able to um, work with artists, um, especially artists that I've shown with before um, and give them, you know, help give them opportunities like, you know, take them on with, uh, you know, my my current gallery and bring them across the Atlantic and have them show in London or something like that. Like, that's really exciting. I love I, I love when I see people excel like that.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Also, it's something that a lot of artists don't have a chance to do. Um, we're mm-hmm. a lot of times we're kind of clawing, struggling to get ahead. But to be on that other side, to actually have a little bit of uh, power to kind of help other artists is really amazing and rewarding, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I felt with these uh, with these cafe during calls we've been doing. It's just been really cool to foster some sort of community um, mm-hmm. and give people opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, and then-
1: so I um, am represented by Wall Space in Los Angeles. And yes. one of their artists came up to me at the LA Art Show. And I hadn't met her before, but I saw her work and immediately was like, oh, you need to go to London with um, my gallery, my the gallery that I work for. And sure enough, she went and it was amazing. And she sold art. And it was like, it was so rewarding for me. And mm-hmm. You know, and she's actually from London, so that was really exciting for her as well. Oh, cool. You know, I thrive off of that. I really do.
0: Now, which gallery is this? This is Fabric. So this is I Fabric. Had, okay. Yeah.
1: So I, you know, invited her. I of course made sure it was okay with the wall space. And I right. said, Hey, I'm take your girl over to London.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, exactly.
1: She did really well. So
0: that's awesome. And they fabric also kind of opened up. Uh, space on La Cienega, was it, it feels like it just happened, but now it's what, three, four years ago? Three
1: years. Yep.
0: Yeah. I was at the, um, I don't know if it was the opening. I think it was the opening where you, your work was in there. I think mm-hmm. we just missed you that night because we were running around, but, um, but it was cool to see that. Um, And how's that, that?
1: Before I worked there, before oh, really? I worked for them, they were the first gallery that ever represented me. And a big reason why I wanted to work there was because they were the you know, launching pad for me. They really nurtured me into, you know, confident exhibiting and, um, talking about my work and, uh, you know, it was just, I don't know, expanding that's... my collector base and things like that. It was just, it was really, it was a great experience and I wanted to be on the other end and help other people.
0: Well, you that's know. kind of what every artist needs. It seems like, mm-hmm. you know, um, helped you come out of your shell, talk about your work, give, uh, yeah. give, get you exposure. Um, how did they find your work in the first place?
1: It's um, a good question. I don't know.
0: You're like, I was just, peddling it on the street.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Chris Not just that there's anything contacted wrong with me and was like, hey, so... I got an opportunity to open a gallery and I'm going to start doing art fairs and representing artists. Do you want to be on board? And I was like, okay. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. How
1: can I say no? It's the first offer I've had. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now I make, you know, I'm a little bit more selective about representation um, just Mm -hmm. because I know the different types and things like that. Uh, Yes. But yeah, the first time I was like, let's go. And it ended up being a great experience for me.
0: That's, uh, that's interesting too. Cause there's, there's a lot now. And I think, I think there always has been a bit, but I think it's been changing recently with the, um, I don't know, the acceptance of online art sales. Um, um I feel like there's a lot more kind of pay to play representation now. Would you agree with that mm-hmm. or no?
1: Yes. Um,
0: and different variations of that. Yeah.
1: Aspect. Yeah. I just came across a gallery, um, that it's pay to pay to play quote unquote, um, but what they do is more of like p r um they have a gallery space in New York, but they really focus on um your your p the p r aspect, and you yeah. know that's worth money so
0: oh I mean, yeah, if you get
1: a gallery show and that i I think for some artists that would be fantastic
0: right, and that's it's just kind of hard to it depends um depends on what you want yeah, and to weigh those options you, you don't really know how much going into it they're actually going to deliver, right. Yep. So if you get a gallery that's actually going to deliver on those things, then it, it's worth it. I've been represented by a couple of places. Um, one was in Miami, and they were like an artist management uh, company, and mm-hmm. it was the same thing like with you and, and I think you said Iowa. Uh, yeah. But they was like we have exclusive rights to you in Florida. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. And um, it was like a membership fee. Like they were highly curated. They sought me out, but mm. like a membership fee at the beginning. It was it was small. It was like a hundred bucks. And then mm-hmm. they did a bunch of other stuff for you. In that situation, it felt completely um, doable. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like one of these ones that was like, oh yeah, it's um, $1,200 every six months. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? There's a lot of those out there. So yeah, of there's course. different degrees of uh, of the pay to play out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it's hard too, because, you know, a lot of artists don't have the disposable income to uh, just to even give it a try.
1: you know. Right. I certainly uh, don't. I've never paid right. to play. I yeah. just don't.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's well, it's a if good rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you know, we'll we'll make it work. But
0: now, yeah. do you um, consider like? Are you saying even you don't pay for example uh, a submission fee for anything? I do, but I cap it. Yeah, I don't you think know? that's really considered pay to play.
1: I I appreciate when people take their time to jury an exhibit. I I think yes. that's totally worth you know they're doing a job yes and it's a write-off so
0: yeah right (laughs) say that
1: so what's your cap mm, like 50 bucks
0: yeah i would i I just don't see any
1: need for it to be any higher than that yeah um but yeah and and with regards to paying to play it it's not all bad if you take the time to look at the other artists that they work with and find out if those artists are selling, you know, find out their experience. I get offers a lot from European galleries and yeah, I I've say, too. Oh, "Cool, thank you. Um, but you know, I, I'm just letting you know that I'm going to reach out to all the artists that you work with now, right? I need to know, and I don't want it to be, you know, a secret. Um, But you know, I'm not going to send blindly send work to Europe um, unless I I met you in person or you know you buy it outright.
0: Or you feel very confident.
1: Very (laughs) confident. Yeah, like the show that I had in Hamburg in Germany last year. um, The curator came to my studio twice, so she flew out a couple of times. Oh wow! To see me in Los Angeles once to review the work and then again to select. The final selections for the show and that was by far the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me was that show
0: oh that's awesome it and, and you know when show. they're investing that too like coming to see you twice in your studio oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. know internationally <laughs> that's yeah that's big
1: yeah of course she spent six weeks in LA and was called at a vacation but <laughs> right
0: but still, but still <laughs> she didn't did have to come to your studio
1: because <laughs> <laughs> when I went to Hamburg for the show I spent two weeks there and went up to the Baltic sea.
0: So, Oh, nice. That's awesome.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That's um, if they're going to be worried about you reaching out to other artists that they represent, then that's kind of a big tell, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that means that they're not very proud of the work that they're doing. They should just yeah. be like, oh, they should encourage that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I wanted to ask you kind of along the lines of the uh, superhero origin story. I ask artists what their, um, their secret weapon is or their superpower is uh, for something that keeps you creating, you know, it's, it's one of those things, as you know, when you, when you do art full time, uh-huh. uh, you're not always like, Oh my God, I'm so, you know, the muse is, is so inspiring right now. Uh, it's not always like that. It's, it's sitting down doing the work. So what keeps you going? What keeps you in that, um, in that mindset of, of creating well,
1: well, the smell of the resin usually gets me going in that moment but if I don't even get to that point, like walking into the studio, um, yeah. oftentimes it's just a nice comment online or, you know, a review or great feedback or a sale, like, we'll I'll be like, okay, people still like me mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll go make
0: more art. I should keep um, doing this.
1: Yeah. That's really, I mean, honestly, you know, I make a sale and I'm like, Ooh, gotta make more. So I then know. I
0: but what about like those, because we all have little dry periods mm-hmm. in, in, and we're so sensitive uh, as artists, like I, I'll go for two weeks without making a sale and I'm like, I suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then uh, what, what do you do in those moments where maybe you haven't gotten that uh, outward validation? Let's say you're just, you're home alone or you're in your studio alone and you're just like, I just got to create something. Is there, is there something that you tell yourself or you do or you meditate or work out, anything that you do to kind of kind of force that creativity?
1: You know, I've just learned to be gentle with myself and not force it. There was a I want to say 6-month period where I made nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing at all. This was I don't know, 5 or 6 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I beat myself up over it and then I that was the worst thing I could have done. So now when I get to that, you know, I don't want to create, I'm not ready, I don't feel like it, I just I just let myself be and I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to be productive today. Right. You can, you know, um, you can take a sound bath or, you know, meditate or do yoga or something like you can do whatever you want to make yourself feel better. And when you do, you'll be ready. My, my down, uh, slopes don't happen that, you know, that frequently anymore.
0: I just, I just don't force myself. Cause you've learned to maybe take care of yourself. Um, yeah. on the other end, right? Yeah. I'm very
1: in tune to what I need, you know. And if it's not creating and watching a movie and eating 45 peanut butter cuts, then that's what (laughs) I do. That sometimes makes me want to create again.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. I'm the same. If I don't have two hours at night, like I can bust my ass all day long. And then if I don't have two hours a night to sit with my wife, watch a movie, eat Mm -hmm. some uh, coconut ice cream, uh, I'm I can't do it the next day.
1: Are you vegan too?
0: Yeah, yeah. We've been vegan for. Uh, a little over six years. Nice. When you say two, I does that mean you're, you're vegan?
1: Yeah. Since December.
0: Oh, hello. All right.
1: Hello. I did okay. it for pain reasons. I have uh, a lot of pain in my fingers, I think from sculpting.
0: <laughs> oh like, yeah. Use my
1: hands in a very aggressive way. Sure. Um, and they were just getting inflamed. So I cut all meat and dairy out and voila.
0: Amazing how that works. huh?
1: I don't have any pain. So I'm happy.
0: Oh my God, it works so well. Not to mention, yeah. you stop aging. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I like turned like, turn back the clock like five years when I first turned.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously there's other things. There, there are bad. First of all, I like to say plant-based because vegan for some people, it just makes them kind of cringe. Yeah. Uh, but some
1: people it, don't it, understand what it is either.
0: Right. They don't understand it. My my parents still don't understand it. They're like, well, you still eat fish, right? I'm like, No. <laughs>
1: you get cheese right (laughs) it's
0: been six years guys come on yeah no i think they have it now but um yeah it's uh there are some definitely some unhealthy uh vegans too like hey i I eat sugar and pasta all day that's healthy right
1: oh i know yeah there's an amazing amount of vegan junk food that's Definitely. definitely
0: well if you like ice cream i think you cut out there are you are you there i'm here okay cool um there if you're interested there is an amazing ice cream uh, it's called Luna and Larry's and oh, okay. it's like coconut based, uh-huh. but it, I mean, it's better than, it's better than what I remember normal ice cream being. And we eat this, um, salted caramel. It's basically, my mm-hmm. wife loves dulce de leche from Argentina. It's the closest mm-hmm. thing we can find to like original dulce de leche. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, you got to try it.
1: Okay, okay. I have one for you.
0: Oh, okay. Let me get my, pen. um,
1: it's an actual shop though. It's Van I think. Oh yeah, sure. Have you been there? Have you had their cookie dough? It's vegan.
0: I have not had their cookie dough.
1: It's off the hook.
0: Uh-oh. Like I melt,
1: my, my whole body melted when I ate it. I was like, oh my
0: God. That's <laughs> turned into cookie dough. Yeah. yeah. It. It was, oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to do that as soon as we Alex, get back to normal. They deliver. <laughs> oh, they deliver?
1: Yeah. They I, deliver I ordered to the two cups the other day. Like, cause uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll have one and I'll save one. And I ordered, ended up with two pints and I was like, ooh. That's so
0: dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's horrible. I know it's my, it's my that's my weakness now. My weakness mm-hmm. used to be used to be booze, and now it's ice cream. But, but yeah, I still exactly. it's a good yeah. toss up. It's a good toss up, and uh, I take care of myself otherwise. So what, what's mm-hmm. what's going to hurt with a little bit of ice cream? Uh, well, that's cool. Congratulations on that. Um, yeah, you'll definitely see more and more health benefits as, as you go on. Like one thing for me, because uh, I run every morning, and as soon as I started doing plant-based diet, I was like, I'm not sore in the morning. Like I can, I can, I don't have to like stretch to be able to be limber. I'm like limber when I wake up. It's mm-hmm. just so, bizarre. it's the same thing with the kind of inflammation you were talking about in your joints.
1: Well, and you was, know why? Cause all the plants you're eating are help helping to reduce the inflammation as your muscles heal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It,
1: it makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs>
0: oh, it's amazing. No, it's yeah. so cool to hear. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, sorry to transition from from this into, uh, into failure. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) my next question is, uh, do you have like a biggest failure or a failure that you can remember, um, (laughs) that felt horrible in the time and that you learned or what, or what did you learn from it? Um, it doesn't have to be something huge.
1: It is something huge.
0: Oh, okay. Perfect.
1: And it's, it's kind of funny because, okay. I've learned that you need to get your art in the right market. And if you don't, you're going you're gonna to have a bad experience. And so my very first art fair, and you would think this, this would make me not ever want to do an art fair ever again, <laughs> but my very first art fair was in Hong Kong. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, this is awesome. They love this kind of stuff. I know what I'm going to sell out. This is going to be great, blah, blah, blah. You know, working yeah. with the new gallery. This is my introduction to retrospect. So, again, you'd think that after this, they would never want to work with me again. <laughs> <laughs> so I I um, learned how to build a crate, and I crated and shipped mm-hmm. all of my work. It was so expensive to ship it to Hong Kong.
0: Oh, it was probably thousands then of dollars.
1: The re- oh, yeah. The rest of it, I... Um, took in a suitcase. So, you know, I'm checking this luggage and they probably x-ray it and they're like, okay, this girl has 25 popsicles in her bag. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this, but they right. let me through, made it to Hong Kong and I, I got there and I had to actually set up the, the minute that I got there, which was great. Cause I thought, okay, well, I won't be jet lagged till after I'm done setting up. So I go from the airport to the convention center and i set up and then i just crashed and so the next day is the big opening and i'm all excited and i get ready and <laughs> they um okay so i say they hated me but um the gallery says they just didn't understand you they were so nice i actually cried this night um Aww. yeah it was it was really like i well i just had gone to so much and i spent so much money and yeah it just wasn't my market it really wasn't um and i i heard The net, I won't even repeat them because it's embarrassing. I still am embarrassed, (laughs) but I'll tell you you privately. I'll tell you privately. No, because there's one that sticks in my mind, and you're just going to die when you hear it. Oh my Um, God. But yeah, like they were just like, it was like, I don't know. I just, (laughs) they just didn't like me. Let's just say that. (laughs) So we went that first day, and I cried, and then I enjoyed my entire trip. I decided not to go back to the place that made me so upset. Yeah. So I let the gallery handle the rest and they took all that artwork to Europe. And then I did really well in in Europe, but, um, Oh, nice. I'm just so glad that they decided to take another chance on me because designating space for an artist in an art fair is expensive.
0: Oh, it is. Definitely.
1: And I don't take up too much space. I can fit in four feet. So, you know, at, you can probably make a lot of money off of me if you sell, you know, a lot in that four feet of space. But it nonetheless, it's expensive. And I'm so, so grateful that they um, continued to show me because I was the one who like sold out in Sweden. And, you know, just I, I did really well in the other countries. It was just Hong Kong hated me. And I have to make a joke out of it. And I have to you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, you just don't want to show your fancy paintings in a gas station because people are going to go in and be like, you know, that's shit. I don't get like they just don't understand it. Yeah. So um, you just got to find your way. market. And that's not mine.
0: That's true. No, I'm that's. I'm them.
1: <laughs> I'm not going back.
0: <laughs> I'm never going back Kong. to Hong Kong. Kong. Now I'm not. Now I'm not going to go to Hong Kong. No. Um, well, they
1: might love you. They, they might. might
0: they might you never know well, I know that
1: with um my gallery um, with fabric, they sold a bunch of photography and um really textured paintings like yours, so oh, okay, they might
0: they they very well might then mm-hmm. um it's It's interesting because imagine if that had been okay, this is one leg only, and you you know you sent all your work there, you paid all that money, you made the trip out there, and then you had this horrible experience, and then you came home you know, and you didn't Mm -hmm. even have that, that ability to kind of redeem yourself. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In a sense, it was, uh, it was kind of serendipitous that you were able Mm -hmm. to (laughs) keep going. Um, because there are people who do that, you know, they, they, I know people who have invested more money than they have in Mm -hmm. one event. It doesn't go well. And then it's like, shit. Okay. Well, what do I do now? Right. And that's Mm -hmm. where you have to kind of, do some soul searching and, and, and pick yourself up by your bootstraps. But that is a great lesson, um, that, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where, uh, it's not necessarily you, right. It's, it's the market. Um, Exactly.
1: Exactly. And you know, if, if you know that it's not a great market for you, then don't pay to go there. You know, I could have also just sent my work and let them do it. And I wouldn't have known all the bad things that were said. Um, But, you know, if I know if I'm going to like in Miami last year, I only showed two pieces. So I was like, "Eh, I'm not going to pay to go out there. I'm just going to let those guys take my work and do their thing. But otherwise, normally I would go if it was a big show and, you know, be really exciting. I know I'm going to make back my travel costs and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Plus, you get a you get a travel, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: Well, let me ask you a question that just came up. Um. Do you think in your experience, um, I've done a little bit of this, but not nearly as much as you, do you think it's kind of important for an artist, and it could be dependent on the type of art you do too, and your personality, but do you think it's important to have some sort of mystery, to create some mystery, ship your work and let them handle it and have that kind of, you know, uh, like I said, let for lack of a better word, mystery about your your art? And what's this artist about? Or do you find it better to be there and to communicate with your potential collectors?
1: It's better if you're not there. Every gallery will tell you that. Um, it's A lot of people plan to meet the artist on opening night. Yeah. Um, but it's much better if you're not there for the rest because that's the job of the gallery. That's what you're paying them commission for. Yes. And most of the time the collector will feel a weird pressure to buy or um, feel guilty about not buying. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's better to just let the gallery handle it.
0: And also they might not like you, you know, in person. Right. I'm I'm not saying that nobody, nobody could not like you, Betsy, but it could be one of those things where there's a mystery about the art. Like I think a lot of people kind of, they kind of think they see um, they see artists as like these mythical creatures, you know, yeah. and then if you see them in person, it's like, oh, they're just a normal person.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing a T-shirt that offends them or something. Yeah, right. You know, it could yeah. Be anything. It could be really anything. Oh, I hate redheads. Shit.
0: <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. So, OK, so it's kind of like you make a selective appearance then, basically. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about, uh, advice to young Betsy just before you're getting involved in all this stuff, this is like in the time of your parents telling you not to do this. And you're just thinking about it. What advice would you give to yourself as you're about ready to make that jump? Hmm. And it could be very simple.
1: I, you know, I think it would have been better for me to start this being kind to myself thing earlier because it's yeah. something I learned in the last six years and I I'm you know notorious for beating myself up over everything you know I take things personally and beat myself up but you know it could be anything really um yeah but yeah if I had I think I just would have breezed through complications a lot easier if I had
0: oh hello Betsy
1: Oh, there you are. Yes. Yeah, did sorry,
0: you miss thought, me? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so last thing I heard was I would have breezed through things a lot easier if...
1: I would have breezed through things a lot easier if I had been gentler with myself yeah. through complicated situations. Yes. I mean, it sounds simple, but my perspective of things now, I just kind of brush them off mm-hmm. versus... And this could be anything in the whole world. But
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it doesn't just apply to art, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it it I, definitely does not.
0: Yeah, I think I was I was kind of similar to you um, when I started out. I had a I had a hard time kind of evolving uh, and making the transition into art because I was beating myself up in other areas of my life. And I it, similar to you, the moment I kind of surrendered to certain things and and mm-hmm. kind of looked at myself as a whatever my five year old self and and had some sympathy for myself, it was like everything turned around. Just yeah. being a little more delicate. I think that's great. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so where do you see yourself and your art in uh, five years?
1: Hmm. I would love, okay, my dream would be to get a museum show or at least some sort of a feature in a museum. Yes. An, an actual museum. I'm not talking about like a... Museum of ice cream so.
0: <laughs> right
1: that doesn't count right um
0: you're talking about like the Whitney or something
1: yeah something I I, I have my <laughs> my eyes on the Brooklyn Museum there's they have such cool contemporary content um, yeah it's just something I I dream of yeah um, and then I also dream of being able to create a, a cascade of Six foot popsicles and installing them in the Alps.
0: Oh, nice! I like that.
1: Wouldn't that be so cool? Especially because they don't. A lot of those people up there don't care about anything but their farms. So they'd look at what the fuck is
0: that?
1: But they'd be really cute and happy, and you know the cows would love them. And
0: And you could probably (laughs) see them from the plane, you know. Yeah, (laughs) that's a great idea. I love it.
1: So in five years, I want to do both of those things.
0: <laughs> yes, let's let's make both of those things happen. Let's for do sure. that. Um, kind of similar to the advice for you, but what about, you have a lot of experience in the art world. Uh, any advice for emerging artists who are just kind of lost and don't really know which way to go? I know it's dependent kind of on what kind, what kind of art you do, but any sort of general advice?
1: Well, I would just always ask another artist before adventuring into something. Mm-hmm. Um, even as little as a gallery show, um, is that going to help you reach your artistic goal, you know, or right. Um, but, but asking other artists for sure. Cause I never did that. I never asked anyone. Nobody really helped me yeah. until I got to, until I was represented by fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, it was part, was part it,
0: of that out of fear. Awesome. Sorry. Um, know.
1: Was it fear? I don't think I knew the resources. Okay. So, and, and I'm just one of those like, oh, well, I'll just do it myself. You know? Yeah. I was always like, let's get in a group project and I'm just going to do it all myself. And we can all pretend like, I know I'm going to do it right. So. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, I just always thought I could just do it myself. And like, if I mess up, I mess up. But I have messed up so many times and I've learned so much from that, that, you know, I, I would love if people asked me, you know, would this be a good idea or whatever? Um, but if not me, then somebody else, like definitely ask around. There's a yeah. lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of people that can and will help.
0: That's very true. And you could be me speaking right there because I also <laughs> I also did the same thing. I came down. I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going my own way. I'm going to do this. Like, People are going to find my work. I don't need any help. You know, it, it's kind of mm-hmm. part of the allure of being an artist, right? It's this solitary yeah. kind of job that you you pave your own way. But really, looking back, I could have I could have benefited from uh, the fast track of using somebody else's advice in a couple different ways. <laughs> so that's uh, that's yeah. really good advice. Yeah. Well, I've got one more for you before we yeah. plug your uh, where to find you online. It's about social media. You're you're very good. You've got a very good presence on on social media. Did that come naturally to you? What's your relationship like with social media and do you encourage it to other artists?
1: Oh, definitely. Especially since the whole art world is going online. I definitely encourage it. Yeah. I think um, if you are a professional artist, you need to stay professional. Mm-hmm. Don't post pictures of your animals or yes. you know, what you're eating or drinking. That is, nobody cares. Um,
0: and they get confused. In
1: fact limiting pictures of yourself at all is probably a good thing. Cause like you said earlier, if they don't like you meeting you, what if, um, what if they, you know, don't like you from your picture, you know, right. so just not a whole bunch of that. I have, I usually have models yes. posed with my art.
0: I've noticed um, that. Yeah. Cause people in their
1: twenties are just cuter than me. What can I say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but it definitely, it kind of adds a little uh, mystery to your page, which I like. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I do put a little bit of myself, um, but it's, it's very sporadic, mm-hmm. but yeah, I never exactly. put anything personal like, Oh, my, my wife or, you know, right. a pet or anything like that. Oh, I went on a trip. Yeah. I keep it very professional. Yeah. And cause so. I think also people get confused. I've looked at other artists, you look at their handle and it says something art, and then you have to scroll down through half I mean. of their feed to, to find a piece of art. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really, uh, that's good advice.
1: Your intentions need to be set forth in the first six posts because people won't scroll.
0: Yeah. And also another good idea is if you want to do that, you can have two separate accounts. You can have a personal account and you can have an art account. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, let me know if you feel like we left anything out. Do you, um, is there anything you wanted to add or leave anybody with, or do you feel pretty good? I feel pretty good. Okay, good. Awesome. Well, for me, it's been a little selfish. It's just been nice talking to you. It's been a long time.
1: Oh, it's been really nice.
0: I think the last time I talked to you, I was uh, we were you were facilitating some shelves uh, that I bought, and ah, right. I, I've got to tell you, it completely saved my life because we got this place now, and I store most of my work down in the garage, and it's it's completely changed everything. So thank oh, you. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, where can people find you online on the interwebs and on social media?
1: Yeah. Um, social media is my first and last name, which is not easy. And then actually my website's the exact same thing. So B-E-T-S-Y-E-N-Z-E-N-S-B-E-R-G-E-R. You're going to remember that.
0: Yes. Well, it actually does spell as it sounds. Enzensberger. Ensenburg- yeah. yeah.
1: It Correct. Very nice. I know. It's just like it's spelled. That's easy
0: as that. And also for anybody who... Can't sound it out. I'm going to be putting links to all your stuff in the show notes. So if you if you have a short attention span, just go to the show notes and click on the links. Everybody <laughs> should check out Betsy's work. It's awesome. I really, uh, I don't know. I, I see you, and I'm very proud of you for all that you've oh, accomplished. So sweet. Yeah, it's true though. I think you're you're doing amazing, and I can't wait to see where you go in the next couple of years. I want to see some popsicles on uh, in Switzerland.
1: Yes, <laughs> I do too. I'll invite well, you out for the unveiling.
0: Oh yeah, please. <laughs> I, I would love it. I want to cut the, uh, the ribbon that yes. makes them fall off. I'm okay. Good. Well, thanks so much for doing this, Betsy. Um, I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon.
1: Yes. We'll make that happen.
0: Okay. Awesome. Okay. Take care. Bye. This has been the living artist podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at pms artwork that's it for now see you back here next time